the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. The following pre-recorded program is an encore broadcast. No phone calls will be taken. The following is a very special best of Eye on Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO, Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshow at elliman.com. Now on with the show. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. Of course, we're the only show on talk radio going on 10 years, or it's almost 11 now, that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything, including, unfortunately, the coronavirus. Today, again, is only a one-hour show. That's three weeks in a row. Um... So if you want to have any calls with any questions, make sure you call us early. Today we're going to be talking about residencies and how to apply for residency since so many people are moving. I'm happy to introduce my two co-hosts, um, Ace Wadasupar, who is the Vice President of Citizens Bank. Um, unfortunately, Ace just texted me that he woke up pretty sick, so we all hope Ace gets better. Um, so Steve and Stephen Ebert, who is my also co-host, who is a partner in Barton LLP, one of the top law firms in the city with a specialty in real estate. Good morning, Stephen. It looks like it's just going to be us. It, it, good morning, Dottie. Ace, I hope you feel better. Um, and um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get as much as we can in the hour for everybody yeah. today. Um, you can reach us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Or you can email me at Dottie at DottieHerman.com. And again, if you uh, catch us on Ion Real Estate on Facebook, you can leave questions with any one of us. It'll go directly to um, each one of us individually. So we'll be, answered, we'll be happy to answer any questions. Um, if you have any questions for us now, please call us at 866-970-9622. And don't forget, we love to hear from the listeners, and we thank you for being so supportive all these years. Today, believe it or not, we're at the end of September, and we certainly feel like fall. Um, this is the 271st day of the year. 94 days remain until the end of the year. So we're coming to the end of the year soon. I always tell you what happens on this day. So on this day in history in 1928, 
Alexander Fleming noticed a bacteria killing mold growing in his laboratory, discovering what later became known as penicillin. And I only can hope that somebody discovers, which I hear they're getting close to it, a, a antidote or some kind of a vaccine for, uh, for COVID. In 1951, CBS made the first color television available for sale to the general public, but the product was discontinued less than a month later. In 2008, the Falcon 1 became the first privately developed liquid-free ground-launch vehicle to put a payload into orbit. And by the way, um, I'm hearing that in probably the next five to seven years, we'll be having drive cars that don't need to be driven by anybody and trucks that don't be need to be driven by anybody. One day we'll talk a little about AI and how it affects real estate and how we think it's going to affect a lot of the world. And in 2016, South Australia blackout occurred, lasting up to three days in some areas. We, uh, Douglas Elliman just released its global survey from Knight Frank, which is our affiliate company in Europe. And um, they, their analysis is that the U.K., Spain, and France are the top three locations for those considering a move for abroad post-COVID. Rents in the United Kingdom are down roughly about 7%. Rents in France are down roughly about 8%. COVID-19 lockdown has allowed buyers to try to reflect on what they want in a home, and that's globally. I mean, everyone has had plenty of time on their hands to rethink space, to rethink what they want, rethink how they want to live, and I've never seen so many people try to buy homes or improve their homes. Lifestyle, access to high-quality health care is now the second most important reason for property moves. Um, home offices and outdoor spaces are a priority, but so is privacy. And that's obviously a trend that I think came from the virus, and we'll have to look ahead and see if that's a trend that sticks or passes in a couple of years. 45% of respondents say they are more likely to buy a detached family home than they were prior to COVID-19, obviously, because, you know, having distance and having space is very, very important today. Uh, waterfront homes are up 40%, and rural homes are up 30%. So single-family homes are up basically way higher than condos and attached homes. Properties, property values globally are expected to fall almost throughout um, the remainder of the year until we get a virus. Sales volumes are expected to take a greater hit than prices, but buyers remain hopeful of discounts on the horizon. Obviously, second homes, over a quarter of the respondents are most likely to buy a second home as a result of the pandemic. And my gut feeling is second homes are going to be hot for the next bunch of years. People are going to look to not travel as far, to not go to Europe or take planes. I think this virus is going to have lasting effects even after we come up with a, uh, a vaccine. And so I think, therefore, people will travel, want to be closer. And so, therefore, the second homes are really going to be hot, as we are seeing currently already all over the country. Now, when buyers are looking for a second home abroad, the countries that are highest rated are Germany, Australia, 
Greece, United Arab Emirates, Singapore, and New Zealand. The pandemic has focused buyers' minds on lifestyle purchases, with many eyeing a retreat should future breakouts occur. So this virus is really going to have lasting effects even when it's over. We're not going to forget it, and it has definitely expedited certain trends and will also cause new trends to happen. On half of the respondents about traveling, people say they will travel aboard and they plan to do some, they they probably plan to do it, but they're going to wait at least three or four months after borders reopen. And that's just a general consensus of what's going on. I kind of uh, wanted to take a brief, brief, quick look at what's going on the last week or two so that I keep you current. And existing in new homes, and this is nationally, are flying off the market, and that's all through the United States. They have reached the highest levels since 2006. Buyers, the buyer's demand is putting sellers in the driver's seat because there's more buyers than there's sellers. We're still experiencing a shortage of inventory pretty much all over the country, other than, I would say, New York City at the moment. So this is a challenge for sellers, and, you know, I don't think we'll have time to talk about it this week, but I think in one of our future shows we should talk about bidding wars because there are not enough homes on the market, and you are, we're seeing bidding wars and how to deal with a bidding war and how to win a bidding war if you uh, want to be the winner. Home prices nationally grew about 10% from last year, um, so that's a big number. By the way, New York City schools um, are supposed to open officially because they got pushed up because the, they were making sure the schools were safe. Um, and they're supposed to open September 21st. 40% of the people that had children in city schools decided to have their children learn remotely. And a lot of the people that have had their children learn remotely are people that have decided to live outside the city until the uh, virus clears up. Steve, we can talk about this a second. Evictions ran a no-go. Landlords were dealt a blow this week. Federal agencies issued an edict banning most residential evictions through December. State and federal government have provided them, the, the, the landlords, very little relief. And some of the landlords say this could put them over the edge. Steve, like, I don't, I'm curious. You deal with this all the time. How, how does the feds not, how do they not realize that you could, it's great to help, you know, the people that are renting, but what about the landlords? If they, if, if no one has to pay, how are they supposed to keep up their bills? And how are they supposed to pay their uh, mortgages and things of that nature? I, I don't understand that. Um, the reason you don't understand is that it doesn't make sense. I, I mean, the, the the reality is you gotta have you gotta have symmetry. You, you, you can't deal with one side of the equation. And we get why there's reasons to help the tenants. But if you basically create a system where for months and months and months tenants can live there and you have to, as a landlord, maintain your obligations of the property. So not only do you not get revenue, but you have expenses of your carry costs and also um, you have your expense of maintaining the buildings. And on top of that, for the landlords, right, in most cases when you have a high-rise apartment building, 
there are certain utilities that the landlords pay for, right? When you're paying your rent, it's not like it's all profit to the landlord. You're using, let's say, water or maybe gas, and you may not be separately charged, right? You usually get a separate electric bill that the tenant's responsible for, but some other utilities, the landlord just pays for that out of the rent. So not only are they not getting money, but the tenant's use is increasing the cost to the landlord, and they have really no relief. Um, and, you know, so you're, go- you're going to see a big problem. What's going to end up happening, and we're starting to see it now, is landlords are not paying property taxes. And that's the, one of the big ripple effects. I mean, there was a great article that Hilton Hotels in New York City, a massive Hilton, um, and, and this is owned by a major corporation. That hotel's been shut down. They owe the city, I think, now just for part of this year, twelve million dollars in back property taxes. So okay, but I think, well, yeah. I just have to ask this question. I mean, I'm not a politician or anything. Obviously, I don't ever want to be, but. This, these don't seem, I mean, it doesn't seem too difficult, whoever's making decisions, for them to, for somebody to figure out, well, if, if you want to help the landlords with, with, with the tenants and help them with rent because of um, people losing jobs and things of that nature, that's great. But if you do it one-sided, what's supposed to happen to the landlords? And I don't understand, I just don't understand how they're not even logical. I kind of wonder why people are in office, and sometimes I think, and again, this is, I'm expressing my opinion, so please note that, sometimes I think that people that are elected officials should have some business experience or some experience in, in, in because it, it seems like so elementary that if you just give one people, or if you only give the, the renters relief and you give nothing to the landlords, eventually they're going to fall, and as you said, they're not going to pay property taxes. We are in hot water in New York City as it is because, you know, we have, gosh, we're like broke. And that's just going to put us further in debt. So I just don't understand the logic. If somebody has an answer, I wish you'd tell us. Well, I'll give you my, you know, it's always tough to read someone else's mind, but I'm, I'm going to take a guess at it. And here's, I think, partly what's going on. Um, unfortunately, right, we're in an election year. We are, um, you know, about six weeks away from election day, more or less, actually less than six weeks. And there are more tenants than landlords who vote, right? Um, also, th- the thing you got to keep in mind is I believe that there is a little bit of a strategy. There is a bigger conversation in the issue of rent and tenant bailouts and landlord bailouts, if any, are part of, in my mind, a bigger conversation of will states bail out cities, will federal government bail out states and cities? And the question is, there's a little bit of a, maybe shell game's a little bit unfair, but where do we push the responsibility and to whom? Um, And I think right now, everyone's trying a way to see the results of the election because I do think there might be some different responses. depending upon the results. And I think some people are trying to hold out with some decisions which aren't good ones in the hope of a possible bailout. I think that's the most logical reason. Maybe they're not being logical, but I'm trying to find a reason that's what I can say. That makes sense. But, you know, Stephen, I I guess I've lost a lot of respect for both, both of our parties because everything seems to be 
political, not worrying about the people that it affects. It just seems like, you know, we're, you know, we're in such a political environment with such opposing and, and it seems like hatred where, you know, not like normal where, you know, we can disagree and the parties do disagree, but they work together to find a common solution that works for everyone. It just doesn't seem the case anymore. And I really don't think that puts a good light on anybody's anybody, whether you're no matter what political party you're in. I, I I agree, and also people are trying to make decisions. I mean, you have people who are sitting there, and we are now about six, seven months into this, depending upon when you figure the start date of it. And you have people at a certain point, people can't put their lives on hold for that period of time, and. You know, and it's also what it's going to do. It's going to create a safety issue. If you're a landlord and you have no money coming in and you have bills, are you really going to maintain your building in the safest way possible? Are you going to staff your building to make sure everything is being checked? So I'm also very concerned that is all the systems being maintained properly? Are things being checked in the same way? And and it's really has the potential for a, a bigger cost and, and a, you know, there might be safety issues from it. Uh, so and and six, point. seven months is a long time. That's a really important point. I never thought about that. But if you're, like, short of money, you're going to have to skimp on certain things. And who knows what you might skimp on. And it might be some safety things. that. So I just hope that, um, I hope that, you know, hopefully – this will get resolved as soon as this election is over, but the election's a couple of months away, and I just, uh, I'm looking at what's going on. You know, I, I, I was watching the shootings. Uh, well, you see them almost every day, something going on. And I was watching with somebody, and we said, you know, this is not the America we know. I mean, it's almost hard to believe what's going on. And so I hope that, you know, uh, we can... Uh, put our differences besides and kind of pull this thing together because it's really, um, it's very sad. It's very sad for me and most people that I know. Um, and with that, I just want to say now, like, you know, um, even with the violence, I mean, we've got to do something about that. We have, ha- we have people leaving Manhattan, um, in, in numbers and I, and again, my opinion, I mean, with school starting, you're going to see people go. People are going back, so we're going to see what happens like after this week because school was postponed, so people didn't have to get back with kids until this week coming up. Um, and now we're going to see people go back, and I want to see how that pans out because once people have kids in school and they have to school scores, they have to go back to the city. But I am getting a sense that people are feeling more concerned about the violence they hear, than the virus itself. Because at this point, the virus is everywhere. It's in every state, so it's not that you can really escape it. Um, You just have to be as careful as you can. But it's not that you can go someplace where they don't have it. Um, So I hope that we just can get this together. I really, really, it really, I really am very upset over this whole thing, and I'm seeing what I can do. We started this website to try to get people to, in a positive way that's not partisan, to just get people to do the right thing and to help clean up the cities, which, whichever they may be. Well, m- maybe after the break, I'll give you some maybe positive thoughts. 
on it. Oh, great. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I need positive. I need positive. We'll, we'll get some positivity because there is so some let me give too. you some positive. If you live in Connecticut, your home sales are up because New Yorkers uh, fled from the virus. And so that shows a rise in sales price and volume in Connecticut. Okay, if you live on Long Island... You again have the same thing. Sales prices are up because of city dwellers in Brooklyn looking for more space. Um, so that's a win for Long Island, the win for Connecticut. Same thing with Jersey, uh, which was kind of flat. They had the virus. People are starting to move back to Jersey, um, which was a slow move because they were pretty hard also. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> when you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? No matter your learning style or experience level, Babbel has lessons designed for you that will get you speaking quickly and confidently. I tried learning Spanish before, but I couldn't stick with it until I found Babbel. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. I can't wait to use our new language skills on our upcoming adventures. Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is Dennis Prager along with Mike Gallagher. We both are excited to return to the Holy Land this fall and hope you'll join us from October 27th through November 5th. I can never get enough of the great state of Israel and its historical significance, especially this year. Join us for a life-changing experience. Israel is opening up to travelers as the country gets back to normal. Dennis and I have planned out every minute of this trip in detail with Salem Media Group and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We're confident by October our trip will be safe and our team is on hand to answer all your questions about deposits, health and safety, and much more. Experience unforgettable cuisine, insightful lectures, and extraordinary sights only Israel can provide, all with fellow like-minded travelers. Travel again this year. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to register and have all your questions answered. Call 855-565-5519. Call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Dear Cancer, if you think you're going to put my life on hold, think again. I did my homework and I found a cancer treatment option that requires no surgery, minimal downtime, and virtually no side effects. It's called Proton Therapy at Procure Proton Therapy Center. Proton Therapy targets cancer tumors more precisely than traditional radiation therapy with less radiation to nearby healthy tissues. And thanks to Procure, I don't have to travel far for treatment. Located in Somerset, Procure is New Jersey's most experienced proton therapy center, offering the most advanced form of radiation with the most precise technology. That's right, cancer. I still have the choice and energy to go on that hike with friends or spend a Saturday afternoon with my grandkids. I chose Proton Therapy at Procure, and now my hope has been restored. I'm living my best life. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, visit Procure.com or call 855-3-PROTON today. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. 
Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. You know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets. Come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for you. Two for one low price. A two for one low price plus free shipping. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970 or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code AM970. Giza Sheets, two for one low price plus free shipping. 800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. The following pre-recorded program is an encore broadcast. No phone calls will be taken. The following is a very special best of Ion Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshow at Elliman.com. Now on with the show. Here's Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. I'm here with um, Dottie Herman, CEO of Douglas Elliman Real Estate, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Ebert, uh, who is a partner at in Barton LLP, one of the top law firms in New York City. And so to continue our conversation, I know we have a quick question, but before I get to that, I just want to ask a question. Now, I understand that the governor of Florida, that they're lifting every ban on everything that, you know, everything is open, like there's nothing that's closed, any retail is open, restaurants are open, capacity is whatever capacity you want. And um, I, I listened to them interview, uh, and they said, listen, you know, at this point we can't keep things shut anymore, and um, people will have to decide for themselves. Like if you feel that it's unsafe to sit inside a restaurant that's at capacity, then you shouldn't go. And kind of leaving it up to the people to make their own decisions on what is good for them or not good for them. And um, I kind of look at that in contrast to New York City, although restaurants are opening up this week uh, inside dining, there still is a capacity, I think, what is it, 25% or something of that nature. And I can say to myself, well, that's great, but how can they make it on a 25% capacity? So there's a balance of being safe and keeping the economy going, and I guess it's a fine line. What are your thoughts on that, Stephen? Well, let me specifically address the restaurant question. Unless if there's a fundamental shift where everyone's taking food out to go, um, at 25%, at 50%, and probably even 75%, the restaurants lose money. That, that is not a workable solution for restaurants, unless that there is a subsidy, meaning free or reduced right. rent, other things going on. But if they just rent, pay their normal bills, there, there's absolutely no way that they can make money. And so you're going to see some of the restaurants still temporarily, in some cases, permanently not reopen because those numbers just don't work. Um, it's an interesting thing. I mean, there's, I think what's going to happen is in the future, after we're past the election, you know, six months to a year from now, there should really be a top-down review 
um, as to how we handle the virus, how could we've handled it better, because unfortunately there's always a risk of, of a something, and we always need to handle it better and see where we could improve. Um, and I think we'll probably see that there's definitely room for improvement. With Florida versus New York, it's a it's a tough call. I'm very sympathetic to what the governor governor of Florida is saying and doing, and I think particularly for outside of New York City, that that, that really gives us something to think on. Could we copy that model? Inside of New York City and inside of Manhattan, the one warning and the one the one question I pose, and it's not an answer, is does that happen? Could we live with that in the same way? Because I would say Florida living tends to be a little bit more spread out, generally yeah. speaking. And, and they don't depend on transit, mass transit either. Exactly, yeah. So if, if all of a sudden you have people in crowded high-rises, can't, you know, if people said, I'll just leave it up to what I think makes sense, um, they're, they're, it may be tougher to control. So, but I could see the Florida rule outside of Manhattan or New York City being something to really consider. Um, I guess New York City should handle a little differently. Well, I think they have to rethink it because I, I, you know, look, this virus I thought was going to be over kind of months ago or that we'd have something. And I think people, I mean, my feeling again, my opinion, is that people are kind of getting sick of it and tend to say, you know what, I've heard more and more people say to me, you know, you know what, I just can't live in a bubble. Now, there are still people that are that, you know, that are afraid of everything. But the majority of people, and I've heard younger people say to me, oh, well, Dottie, listen, if I get the virus, I'm probably not going to die, so I'll take my chances. So there's, you know, people can take so much of being, you know, being secluded. And I think pretty much they're starting to get to their limits. So I think they have to kind of rethink things. And I'm not saying this is easy because... There's nothing that you would do that would be perfect and that if you wanted to criticize, that you couldn't. So no matter who comes up with something, there'll always be criticisms. But I think really right now we've got to step back and kind of have some kind of a balance so that we keep the economy open. Because what this will do to New York City, in my opinion, will further hurt it. Because, listen, if I can go elsewhere and go to restaurants, I can stay in business because my restaurants are allowed to be open. Why would I stay in New York? And I'm walking around. I'm seeing so many, and I'm reading so many places going under. Um, that I think, again, yes, there'll be criticisms no matter what you do. Cause, but I think there's got to be a balance, and especially because you're now going to have states competing with each other. You know, if you go back a while right. ago, I think maybe like when the pandemic first kind of first started, like they would say, well, if we open restaurants in Jersey, but we close them in the city, then the people are just going to drive to Jersey to eat and bring the virus there. And at the time, New York had a high, you know, you know, high uh, amount of them. So I just think now you're going to have states competing with, you know, uh, that and businesses. I, I just think that it's really crucial. And I guess that once this election is over, There'll be more some concrete um, answers. I kind of think now no one's doing anything much. Um, I even I even read, and I think it was just a threat. I think it was a warning, but I I, I kind of read that the governor Cuomo was saying that in certain spots we were seeing a spike, 
and that's where people weren't following social, uh, you know, distancing. And he warned that if you don't stop it, I'm going to shut the city down again. Now, I don't think that he has intentions of shutting it down, but he um, is warning people. Where the governor in Florida said, we will not shut the city down under any circumstances again, even if we see a spike. So we'll see. I guess there's no one right answer. You know, there's no one right answer. There's also no one right treatment. And, you know, it's, you know, and this is where I think the stats will come out down the road. Like, for example, you know, the the stat was that there has been 200,000 deaths from COVID-19 in the United States. Um, What I'm curious about is how many of those deaths have other contributing factors, right, which will be critical for us how to logically respond in the future, right? I think part of our response has been launched. I think part of it's been emotional. Um, And, you know, how many were contributing factors? And I think that's a real important thing when this is all done, when we're not in an election cycle, because to really, how do we set up a better system in place? Um, Because I think on that, we've had a, a pretty big failure on, on how that was handled. Um, but let me, I want, if I may, give a little positivity, because I promised before the commercial I'd make a couple of positive things. Oh, I'd love you know, that. <laughs> I think everybody needs to hear good news. I want to I get some good news. So, so first off, things have still been very active in the purchase-sale market. And when I've said this before, what we're seeing, and I think this is where a lot of the softness is, is in the short term, right? The rental market, because the reality is when short term things are unknown, people, if you say to them, put off a decision for a couple of months or things like that, and that really ties in with the rental and they're watching and seeing. And, and the point that I want to make is actually something that you mentioned earlier on on this date in history. When you talked about how in 1951, CBS released color television. And it was a great innovation, but it was ahead of its time. And we're talking, and I mention this point because we're talking about how people working remotely, there's elements of that, and there'll be some, but the reality is, and I talk to so many of my colleagues across industry, while it's helpful and it's one tool in the toolbox, the reality is it doesn't beat the in-person collaboration. And the reality is, New York has such a core amount of talent across industries that in many ways is not rivaled in a lot of industries. And so what I foresee is that we have a weird year. 2020 will go down as just, I don't want to say a lost year, but almost a little bit in that vein. And then when this is resolved, and it looks like we have a lot of options that are coming very close, um, whether it's two months or longer or a few months or what have you of getting a vaccine deployed. And once that's out, the key thing to look at is to have the right political leadership and then hitting the ground running. And I think when we see that, you're gonna see a, a massive rebound on things. I think that's a good point. And I think that's positive. And I think that's correct. I know we have a break, and uh, Pauline Sandalano will take the question as soon as this break is over. We'll be right back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm Sally Herbert. I'm here with Stephen Ebert. Uh, we'll be right back after a few minute break.
Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. My friends over at Route 22 Toyota want me to remind you that if you're tired of dealing with dummies, get over to the state-of-the-art service facility in Hillside, New Jersey, please. Alex Kinsella has the entire team staying safe, wearing masks, socially distancing, fogging vehicles with every single service to make sure they're disinfected. At Route 22 Toyota, they always get it right. They're doing their part to stay safe. Plus, right now, Route 22 Toyota is offering qualified buyers more reasons than ever to get into a new Toyota, like 0% APR financing up to five years and zero down leases on some of your favorite toyota models call 855-621-9949 for details and make sure to tell them joe sent you 855-621-9949 to schedule a test drive and route 22 toyota will get you driving a new toyota with zero percent interest or zero down leases now that is the smart way to buy route 22 toyota route 22 west in hillside new jersey or at route 22 toyota do you want to send your child to a Christian school but are overwhelmed by the cost? Then AM 970 The Answer's discount tuition program may be right for you. The discount tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to a quality Christian school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We've partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area to help parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality, faith-based education. Here are just a few of the participating schools. Hawthorne Christian Academy, International Christian School, Kearney Christian Academy. You can see the full list of participating schools at am970theanswer.com. am970theanswer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. For more information on how you can send your children to a Christian school at half the cost of the annual tuition or how you can get your school enrolled in the program, go to am970theanswer.com or call 212-857-9630. That's 212-857-9630. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join us for the Safe Money Radio Show Saturday afternoon at 3. You can also call now for your complimentary customized Safe Money Information Kit and 115-page Safe Money Book at 844-751-SAFE. That's 844-751-SAFE. 844-751-7233. The Safe Money Radio Show Sunday afternoon at 3 on AM 970. The answer. The following pre-recorded program is an encore broadcast. No phone calls will be taken. The following is a very special best of Ion Real Estate with Douglas Elliman CEO Dottie Herman. Got a question for Dottie and her team of experts? Send your emails to radioshow at Elliman.com. Now on with the show. 
Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. And before we talk about um, residency, and we were going to talk, and I guess we'll continue this next week because I don't think in an hour we'll get to finish it. Um, but people are relocating, and we were talking, and we're going to talk about the ins and outs of residency for New York, New Jersey, and Florida, and how strict it is because if you're thinking of doing it, you need to know the rules. Before I do that, if you're still on the line, I've been so patient. Pauline, do you have a question? Yes, but I also wanted to share something um, since you guys got all spiritual, and I know I'm going to do the spiritual aspect of this. 2020 is the year of, it's sort of like focusing and learning the truth. This year, numerologically, is that way. And I think people are starting to see in politics and everything that we're doing in institutions, a lot of things are being shown in the light, and we need to shift. And we can't depend on the government for everything. The city is expecting the federal, the federal state. You know, everybody's blaming each other instead of taking responsibility for their part in overspending and not balancing the budget. And I'm so glad I'm not affiliated with any party like you, Dottie. I'm very disappointed. I've stayed in the city trying to bring the light and love to the city, and I'm almost ready to leave. It depends on what happens in this government, what happens in the United States. I may be leaving for Ecuador, but that's not the point. I sort of like my son's going to be moving to Delaware, so I wanted to ask you, does, um, what do you call it, have, um, oh, before that, uh, this is the year of the rat. And that, you know, rats are very survivalist. So we can survive this if everybody, you know, starts to really take responsibility for their own finances. We should have, we, right, are we supposed to be putting money aside in case of a rainy day? This was a rainy day. If we hadn't done that, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't do it because my husband passed and I don't, I didn't have cash on hand, but... It's so, there's so many things going on. I asked, actually, I don't know if anybody knows this, but there's a rent relief program for people who were behind, and I actually applied. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but with the banks getting all the bailouts, it's time for the people to get some bailouts. And I do know what you're saying about the landlords. I think I heard they're like not they're stopping the liens against certain uh, tax lien against, I think, for the landlords. I heard that yeah. recently, I think, in New York State. So they're, you know, Paul, they're all trying I to think- balance things out. Yeah, but I think your insight is so on key because I think, if anything, we've all seen I mean, what's really going on. And we're seeing that these politicians really are not, and I'm saying this in general, I'm sure there are some, but are really not getting together to do what's right for the people. It's just really so polarized. Um, we also need to take responsibility. We got to start looking at our own finances and start saving and thinking like like our parents might have gone through the depression. That's My true. parents didn't live here during the depression, but they know what it was like leaving China. They knew what scarcity was, and I think learning. I always thought my parents were cheap. Now I understand it's frugality, and that was important. And I'm, you know, I've lived being a spiritual person on very little money, so this is not a big deal. And being isolated and staying to myself, I liked it. I actually enjoyed it, and I didn't want to no, hear you know, negativity. Well, you bring I, up I, such I, a good point. My father was a depression baby, and I remember, like, if you didn't have money, you didn't buy it. They, I don't even think they had charge cards then, but if you didn't have the money to pay for something, you didn't pay for it. So you could never run up credit card debts the way people have done today. And it was a time where people waited 
Like, you know, I remember when we first bought our house, we waited to buy the furniture, we waited to buy the house. And people, it's, it's, it's a time where people want everything and they want it now. And I think you make such a good point. And this that, generation who has have, have everything, they didn't know what it's like to suffer. Now they're going to, unfortunately, they're experiencing it. And I'm sorry for the millennials, but they really now see they've had so much privilege and so much. Now maybe they will appreciate the future and start doing things more they responsibly. Will. And but I do, do I, I did spoil the hell out of them. So yeah, true. But I did read that this generation, the millennials, this will be the largest transfer of wealth because the baby boomers, as they start, you know, getting older, and I guess the oldest baby boomers are about 74, 75, and they start dying, they're going to be leaving a lot of money to their children. Unless their parents spend it before. I don't think my parents owed me anything, and I always thought that that was nice that I got something before my mother even died. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't have survived these last couple of years. Until my uh, survivors benefit. I'm with you. I'm with you. I didn't get anything either, and I didn't expect it. But now tell us, your son's moving to? He's moving to Delaware next summer, and he is living in South Carolina right now. So I'm wondering, He told, I was told by his mother-in-law that the market in Delaware is very high prices. Amount. I never heard that. I always thought Delaware, I know there's no state income tax and no sales tax. I think I'd like to move there myself. Well, if you uh, turn, if you listen to us next week, I will do my homework and I'll call up some of my colleagues that have real estate in Delaware, and I will get you a pretty comprehensive report of what's going on in Delaware. Happy New Year, everybody who's Jewish and celebrating the Jewish holiday. And then the other thing interesting: the Day of Atonement. We all should be looking into that, even if we're not Jewish. It's a day of right. atonement. We need to be doing that for ourselves. This is a perfect time for us to look inside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it was so okay. well said. Thank you so, and thank much. You so Thanks much. Thanks for the positive stuff. Listen to us next week. I'll find out all about Delaware. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Thanks, and have Very a great positive. weekend. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, she's so on the money. Now, uh, we have 10 minutes, so I am going to start. We'll have to continue this next week. But, again, let's talk about residency, you know, and if you, a lot of people are thinking of moving, okay, and uh, let's start with Florida because uh, I'm going to go through with Stephen the laws, and if you, if you decide, because they're very strict and you just can't mess around with them, so if you're thinking of, of establishing, you know, residence and, and the place where you live with the intention that it's going to be your permanent residence, for an indefinite period of time is referred to as your domicile. And it determines what states you must pay taxes to, and it can make you eligible for state programs and benefits. Okay, even if you have more than one home, you have to pick where your primary residence is. So the first thing you would have to do is file a declaration of domicile, and it's a document that allows you to declare that you're a bona fide resident of Florida because you reside and maintain a place of residence there. You intend you intend to maintain this residence as your permanent home. Um, that must be signed by you in front of a notary public and uh, a, a deputy clerk in Florida, and then it must be recorded. And the penalty for perjury for falsely signing a Florida declaration of domicile is five years in state prison or a $5,000 fine. 
So that's what you have to first do. Then you need to get a Florida's driver's license. You must have a valid Florida driver's license if you drive. If you don't have one but declare Florida as your residence, it will provide, you will have to provide evidence to the state that you're trying to cut ties with that and that you haven't officially moved. You have 30 days to get one after you file your declaration of domicile. Your driver's license from the former state will be confiscated by the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles when you apply. You have to register your you know, your cars or your vehicles. You have to register to vote in Florida. You have to open local bank accounts. You have to transfer at least one out-of-state account to a Florida banking institution. It is a good idea to do this with all your financial accounts, although some might be located in states you've never lived in. This is That's okay, but you just have to be sure that your old state of residences are transferred. Now, Stephen, notify tax officials. Um, you have to file income tax return in any states where you're required to pay income taxes. So you have to notify those states' taxing officials of your move to Florida and list your address. And then you have to apply for the Florida homestead exemption. And maybe, Steve, you could tell us a little about that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So let me let me just before I specifically make the Florida point, um, keep in mind that how every jurisdiction does it, they do do it differently, and how the state might want it versus the federal government. So I just want to point out from a federal point of view. So I know we're using the Florida example because it's a common one. From a federal point of view, there is no form per se that says I'm moving from. A state to B state. And the way in which the federal government looks at where uh, it is your primary residence, they have a whole list of factors. The number one factor as to your domicile or primary residence, as far as the IRS is concerned, is what address you put on your 1040 tax return. That's the number one piece of evidence. They will look at other things that you mentioned. Where is your car, where your car is registered and your driver's license and voting and other ancillary evidence? But the number one factor that the federal government will look at is what address you put on your 1040. Now, specifically with the homestead exemption, each state has sort of different perks of sorts that they give to its residents. And one of the biggest ones is the homestead. It has to do with the way in which property taxes increase in which people have a primary residence. So there's always a little bit of a game, and since we've been slightly picking on politicians today, I'm going to pick on them one more time. <laughs> if you're going to raise tax, and this is a, and by the way, I'm going to be completely neutral. This is a comment on all politicians, not on any particular party or philosophy. But if you're a smart politician and you need more revenue, the best people to raise taxes on are the people who can't vote against you, right? That's the best deal if you can do that. So what happens is the people who have, who are out-of-state owners who maybe have a winter home, they're snowbirds or an investment, they can't vote because they don't live in the state, right? So they're the better people as far as that point of view, that cynical way of raising taxes on. So the homestead exemption allows you to, for your primary residence, really save on increases in property taxes. 
And this has manifested itself in different states, and it presents different issues, right? Because it's a balancing act for all governments of services and revenue. And California had a very similar issue. When California really had tremendous growth in property values, a lot of longtime California residents um, really were having trouble, especially as they retired, to paying the taxes on their homes. So they had all sorts of laws freezing property taxes, but then they had to make it up with user fees for services. So it's a constant balancing act. Every jurisdiction does it differently. In New York State, we have the star exemption for school tax because schools are paid for locally and there's a state funding formula. If it's your primary, you can get a reduction on some of your school tax bill. So every state has a different version of this, but we in New York, we don't have the homestead per se, um, but right, it is also, sort of an but, equivalent of it. But people like to go there because you, there's no income tax, correct? Well, correct. There's no income tax, but remember something. They have different taxes. Um, one of my favorites is Florida has what's called an intangibles tax. It's a tax on securities. And so, so keep in mind, this is what I tell people. It's sort of like taking a balloon that's not fully pulled up, fulfilled up, excuse me. If you squeeze the balloon in one spot, it gets bigger in a different spot. The question you always have to ask yourself is not that I save money on one tax. What is my total tax picture? Income tax, capital gains, um, on, on, on you know share transfers or intangibles, real estate taxes, and, and and also by the way, be mindful of estate taxes. So while Florida, you're absolutely right, you're going to save on the income tax. Let's talk about you know the estate tax picture and other things. So this is where what I always tell clients is let's discuss your whole story. Not just one so, tax. Stephen, if somebody is considering that, wouldn't it make sense? Because now I know you have to live in Florida 180 days out of 360 out of the year. And you have to, it uh, doesn't matter where else you go, but you have to live in Florida 180 days. And when people are trying to make a decision on whether they make a move, I try to tell people don't be hasty. Make sure you fully research what it really what you really have to do because they're very strict on that would that be something that you could help people out with a absolutely we actually have um a longtime tax uh, attorney uh, at the firm actually it's funny i'll mention cbs again it's not like we, we have a plug with them since you mentioned the tvs before he, he was one of the the key tax architects for CBS for many decades um, before I went to private practice. And, a whole, and he focuses on state and local taxes. He does residency planning all the time. So we work with each other regularly. So absolutely. And it's worth it. You know, it's interesting. The, it's, it's, a, you know, it's like they, they say, you know, measure twice, cut once. You know, do the planning in advance. It's not that much to do the research and planning in advance, but it's a lot more expensive to move again and realize, oh my goodness, I moved assets and that didn't make sense. So absolutely, a little bit of planning. And this is where I say we team up many times with accounting firms because the role of a tax attorney is different than an accountant. It's yeah, much and we're more gonna continue analysis. this next week, we'll, we'll, because we're coming to the hour show. We're gonna continue this next week, okay, and get all your questions, because there's so many questions. Um, but I will tell you, before you do anything, you should see somebody like Steve and his law firm. 
to really fully understand what the ramifications are. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.